0: Since 2010, Just Brew Coffee has worked tirelessly to perfect the roasting process and technique, which has resulted in seriously delicious, always flavorful, and never bitter-tasting coffee. If you're already drinking JBC, raise your mug. If you're not, raise your standards. Check them out on social media and remember, they roast, you just brew. Find them on Twitter and Instagram at Just Brew Coffee and at Facebook.com slash Just Brew Coffee.
1: Today we begin a two-part conversation on the Mothman, but before we get into the specifics of the Mothman story itself, we need to explore its origins. This involves Chief Cornstalk of the Shawnee tribe and a curse he put on the Tri-State area as as he was brutally murdered. The second part of today's story is loosely related to the Mothman Prophecies movie you've probably seen. We're going to talk about Indrid Cold, also known as the Grinning Man, because of the creepy-ass smile that never left his face. Was he really an alien as many people believed? Let's talk about
0: it. I'm Mike. I'm Ian. And I'm Dave. If you've ever been pulled over on a West Virginia freeway by a grinning alien, stick around. You're not alone. This is Necronomopod. And this man stepped out and came directly to me, or came to the truck. He walked to the right-hand side of the truck, and he told me to roll down the window. He asked me to roll down the window on my right-hand side of my truck. And I had done what he asked. And this man stood there and he, uh, he first asked me what I was called. and I knew he meant my name and I told him my name. And then uh, he asked me, he said, why are you frightened? He said, "Don't be frightened, we wish you no harm. He said, "We mean you no harm, we wish you only happiness.'"
2: And uh, I told him my name and when I told him my name, he said he was called cold.
0: Okay, so today we are gonna be discussing the Mothman, the Mothman prophecies and kinda of all the surrounding events around it. It's one of my favorite stories. I find it very creepy,
2: yet very believable. And Ian, I think I think you believe in this story as well. Yeah, I I believe in most of everything that has to do with this story. It's uh I think it's my first experience with paranormal stuff. Right. I got a hold of the book in either fourth or fifth grade right and i read it and it scared the shit out that's of me. very creepy i don't know why my mom let me <laughs> read that in like fourth grade but yeah it was uh yeah this is my first dive into paranormal stuff so so
0: i think one of the goals of the show is going to be to convince uh, mike the resident skeptic that all these events are true
1: yeah it's gonna be an uphill battle i think but we'll <laughs> we'll see how it goes I we'll
0: hypnotize you into I, believing it
1: <laughs> i'll keep a clear open mind Uh, I'll take the facts as presented to me and we'll make a decision here at the end. The only thing, my only experience with any of this story, and uh, I know we're going to get into the Mothman a little bit more in detail in in episode two, but um, I've only seen that Mothman Prophecies movie, which I know, Ian, you'll probably lecture us on a little bit here in a minute. But that's my only experience. I remember the movie was really creepy. I haven't seen it in years, but I remember when I first watched it being creeped yeah. out by it.
0: So I went back and watched it last week in, in preparation for the show, and it wasn't as good as I remembered it being. <laughs> Maybe, like, it a a Maybe it was just a
1: little silly. Maybe it's just a one-hit wonder. Yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, I like it, but it's uh, it's nowhere near to what the real story right. is. The, the real they,
1: story is creepier than the movie?
2: Yeah. It, well, And they, they mashed it all up into one little thing, and the story's huge. I mean, right. there's so much to the story. And then it, I don't know. They I, it felt like they um like John Keel's character, which was presumably Richard Greer, but then the other guy, that other scientist, was kind of like John Keel too. It's like they had two different yeah. That the like guy a, that he goes to visit in that book, or we're talking,
0: yeah, where he flies to Chicago to to visit that other guy that wrote the book on the paranormal stuff and had experience with the Mothman. Yeah. They kind of combine those characters. So they
1: take the one guy, John Keel, and kind of split him up into two characters. In the
2: movie. Yeah, because I was listening to the old Art Bell episode with John Keel, mm-hmm. kind of getting ready for this, okay. too. And that's what he said. He was like, they split me up into two people, which I don't understand. There's just things with that movie that are weird. but eh, just like it's all a movie. movies. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Ian, you want to get us started here? Uh, a little background on the story. Yeah, so before, um, before we get into Mothman, kind of have to do a little little history lesson here there was a curse it's called the curse of uh, chief cornstalk and it's kind of where everything starts with the mothman because the this curse that was placed in the tri-state area where point pleasant is it's blamed for a lot of stuff including the mothman you hear all these badass indian names and chief names how do you get stuck with cornstalk his name sounds pretty badass, but I had no idea how to pronounce it. Well, I looked it up. It his was, actual name. His in, yeah, his Native American name. I, so I found a couple, actually. One
0: of them was K2Kwa.
2: That's one of I the like translations that. I found. It like translates to, what it say, um, cornstalk or blade of corn? Mm. Something like that. I'd rather be corn cob, I think. Chief corn cob? Chief cob, even. Chief Cobb. Sounds better than
1: cornstalk. oh <laughs> no. I no. just don't love that one. <laughs>
2: So as the American frontiersmen started to move west in the 1770s, seven nations of Native Americans, the Shawnee, the Delaware, the Wyandotte, Mingo, Miami, Ottawa, and Illinois formed a powerful confederacy to keep the white men from infringing on their territory. So, and the Shawnee were the most powerful tribe, and they were led by Chief Cornstalk. So he was the head honcho then. Yeah, and when I was reading about him too, a lot of the the Americans they adopted his a lot of his like battle strategies. Yeah, huh. interesting.
0: Yeah. So this was back when the British were trying to get the Indians to
2: attack the settlers, kind of right before the Revolutionary War started. Right in 1774, when the the Americans were moving down to the Kanawha and Ohio River valleys. The Indian Confederacy prepared to protect their land by any means necessary. They weren't they weren't giving up any land. Or, sure, yeah, they were going to fight. Right. So the Seven Nations that the Native Americans put together, uh, they began to um, line up across the point from the Ohio River to the Kanawha River. It numbered about twelve hundred warriors. Uh, they began making preparations to attack the white settlers near an area called Point Pleasant on the Virginia side of the Ohio River.
0: So, which is West Virginia now, but back in those days, it was still Virginia before West Virginia had seceded from Virginia. I did not know that. It's your
1: little history lesson for the day.
0: They they broke away right before the Civil War, and uh, West Virginia fought for the North.
2: There you go.
1: Thank you, West Virginia.
2: Wild and wonderful. (laughs) Um, As word reached the colonial military leaders of the Native Americans planning to attack, troops were sent in to face off against the Native Americans. While the number of fighters were pretty even on both sides, the Native Americans were no match for uh, the muskets Sure. that the yeah. Americans had. Bow so and arrows back then. Yeah, they
1: they they didn't have the the technology of the the muskets.
0: Yeah. So I like to do a lot of what ifs. I've read lots of what if history books and and whatnot. What do you think would happen if you could go back in time and supply the Native Americans with like automatic weapons, it's like Gatling guns and machine guns? I think they what would think destroy would happen? the it would, have, it would turn the whole, you know, all of Western civilization. Yeah. They would have repelled them all. We'd be completely different. You'd be speaking Cherokee right now. You probably would.
2: Yeah.
1: Ian, you'd be Chief Cornstalk V or something <laughs> like that. I don't know.
0: You might have changed it to
2: corn Cob by now. By yeah, then, yeah, you cool. would have changed it up, made it a little more hip-hop. All right, sorry. That was just <laughs> an interesting thing that pops in my head. Um, the battle ended with about 140 colonials being killed, with twice that number of Native Americans killed. Uh, and the tribes retreated westward into an area that's now known as Ohio. And in order to keep them from returning, a fort was constructed at the junction of the Kanawha and Ohio Rivers. The colonists constructed a fort? Yeah. To keep, so that the Indians wouldn't attack again. Right. The Native Americans. Eventually, Chief Cornstalk made peace with the colonists. And he went there in seventeen seventy seven to try to make a treaty with them and let them know that they wanted to have peace. But this is when you were saying earlier, Dave, that the British started trying to coax Native Americans into right, attacking. Yeah, yeah. That was their, part of their battle plan.
1: Why what what was Cornstalk's motivation with wanting peace? Like was he just generally a peaceful guy? Yeah. Did he, he didn't, just he wanted everyone to get along? Um, why was he not kind of falling into the category of all the other Native Americans? He
2: just didn't want any war. He just was a peaceful guy. He was, he settled with his la- the land that he had, and he was fine with he that. he was happy. Yeah. I, I just don't think he wanted anybody else to get killed. Sure. With the British trying to get them all fired up and, and to attack again, the tribes began to line up on the Ohio River again with the intent on attacking the fort. And Cornstalk and Red Hawk, which was a Delaware chief, didn't want any more war, so they went to the fort on November 7th to try and negotiate a treaty before fighting happened again.
1: Like a last-ditch effort to kind of
2: yeah make peace. There was a guy there that was running the fort named Captain Arbuckle, and Cornstalk told him that he was opposed to the war with the colonists, but if the tribes attacked, then they were going to attack too. So they took him, Red Hawk, and an unknown Native American into custody. So the
0: Americans reneged on a deal with the Indians. That That's almost unheard of throughout American history. <laughs> Who <have> thought? <laughs> they never did anything like that.
1: I feel like Captain Arbuckle missed his calling. With a name like that, how are you not a pirate? How are you not a pirate? Captain Arbuckle. Sails the seven seas. The swashbuckling Arbuckle? Yeah. I. It's perfect. Yeah. What are you going to do? said it was a piece of shit.
2: So they took they took them hostage, but they treated them while well. they gave them a place to a decent place to sleep and stuff. You know, it it wasn't like they were they weren't being treated unfair or like in any shitty living conditions or anything.
1: Yeah, they took care of them.
2: Yeah, the the colonists they believed that they could um just keep the other tribes from attacking if they had Cornstalk and in the uh, in Red Hawk. Yeah, they wouldn't risk having their leader killed. Right. Yeah, and so another interesting thing, too, is um, I saw that some people think that he was, like, voluntarily taken captive to try and... As a way to keep peace. Yeah. yeah that, that makes sense.
1: Cornstalk was a wise old man. Yeah. In
2: my head, he's he's old. I don't know if he's actually Yeah, old. I don't know what his age would have been at the time. I believe
0: he was in his 50s. I think he was born in 1720, if I remember. He or, may have just had an over-talkative 20? wife, an overly-talkative <laughs> wife, so he just was taking a vacation with the colonists.
1: <laughs> Like, just please just keep me here for a little while.
2: Yeah, I mean, he even assisted uh, the colonists in, in plotting maps of the Ohio River, or the Ohio River Valley at the time. So it, it was a peaceful situation being, right. being there. On November 9th, Cornstalk's son came to visit him at the fort, and he was also detained.
1: Why would his son go visit him if he was being held hostage and as a prisoner? Who's, whose idea was that? I don't know. Why do these Native Americans continue to trust these colonists who have done nothing but lie and hurt
0: them? Maybe he did have a deal, and he got the same deal for his son. But so he, you know, the chief. I mean, maybe he had a deal with the, he really did want to be there voluntarily, and so he got the same kind of and he got deal his, for his son. Like, I mean, who knows? Maybe so. This stuff's all secondhand stories anyway.
2: Yeah. So the next day, that would be on November 10th. Um, gunfire was heard from outside the walls of the fort coming in the direction of the Kanawha River. Uh, men went out to investigate and discovered that two soldiers who had left to go hunt deer had been ambushed by Native Americans. One of them escaped and one was killed. I bet that went over real well. Yeah. Uh, they, brought his, they brought the uh, dead colonists back to the fort, and the soldiers were obviously all fired up about it. The soldiers
1: it. found their dead <clears throat> comrade and brought him back? Or did right. the Native Americans kind of throw the corpse and say, here you go, No, they found
2: him and brought him back. So acting against the orders, they broke into the quarters where Cornstalk and uh, Red Hawk, Cornstalk's son, and the other unknown Native American guy were staying. And even though they had nothing to do with it, they decided to execute all of them as revenge.
1: Where was Arbuckle to keep all this... From happening, yeah, or was he leading the charge? Really, it's unclear. Yeah, I don't know. Well, because I guess it said against orders, so maybe somebody up the the chain of command was telling them not to do any damage or hurt anyone, right?
2: Yeah, maybe they had like a
1: maybe Arbuckle was changing his eye patch at the time.
2: <laughs> maybe Arbuckle voice. was playing with his bloated love knuckle, or
0: <laughs> who knows? <laughs> We'll
1: go with that one. He's this <laughs> That's an old guar lyric, lyric that popped in <laughs> <No. that. laughs> Either way, Arbuckle was not there to stop them.
2: No. And they said that Cornstalk stood there and super brave and just didn't back down from them. Died with honor. Yeah. Uh, but they just opened fire with their muskets. Redhawk tried to escape by climbing up through a chimney. He was pulled back down and killed. And Cornstalk's son... Was sh- he was just sitting there and was just shot immediately. And the other unknown Native American was strangled to death. Mm. Oh, boy. Bloodbath. Yeah, and Cornstalk was shot eight times with a musket. Oh, God, before
1: he even, like, died. Yeah. <laughs> they just had to keep shooting him.
2: Right. So as he was uh, laying on the floor dying, he was said to have put a legendary curse on that land. And the stories say that he looked up at, the, at his killers and spoke to them.
1: I was the border man's friend. Many times I have saved him and his people from harm. I never warred with you, but only to protect our wigwams and lands. I refused to join your pale face enemies with the redcoats. I came to the fort as your friend, and you murdered me. You have murdered by my side my young son. For this, may the curse of the Great Spirit rest upon this land. May it be blighted by nature. May it even be blighted in its hopes. May the strength of its peoples be paralyzed by the stain of our blood.
0: Well, that's a pretty good curse. Yeah, gave me chills. That's
1: badass. I hope I, I just didn't put a curse on the studio. <laughs> reading it, numbers are gonna sink. I I'm fall conf- faster than a bridge. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> dun dun dun. I'm confused how he how he said all that after getting shot eight times with a musket. Yeah, that's a lot of are musket balls so in. Bad you know?
0: dude, man. <laughs> Well, so this, was someone taking notes? I mean, did they transcribe this, or is this kind of like the Bible, when none of it really actually took place, and someone wrote the it's story? Now you're along my later. line of
1: thinking. This is all just made up for fun. I don't know if it's made up for fun. It doesn't sound very fun. <laughs> but that is true. Like I mean, or is this is this already a curse that people knew? Like maybe this was already a curse in the Native American tribe, and when some of the uh, colonists. Like, referred back to, oh, he said something about this and something about this. Maybe people are like, oh, it must have been that curse that we learned or that yeah, we know. Yeah, that could be. The curse of the great spirit that we learned in early childhood education.
2: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. Maybe it's just like a Native American urban legend that... Of what the actual curse was. Yeah, or, How do we or make that he even really? placed the curse, you know. Right. That's all I could think of, maybe. I don't know. But yet, somehow, this is
1: all going to tie into our overall story.
2: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... So, well, hang on. So,
0: after reading this curse, I I wrote my own curse, and I I thought I could read it for you guys. Perfect. It's it's about Olivia Wilde, No,
1: you don't say.
0: I was the Olivia Wilde's biggest fan. Many times movies of hers I did watch. Blumpkins I remote viewed. I curse upon her no Oscar win until she repents and tweets about how much she loves Necronomapod. That's my curse. Well done. Very good curse. Thanks. Well done. I suspect she'll be tweeting about us tomorrow.
1: <laughs> not so sure she was ever in line for an Oscar, but now she'll never get you, one. What are you saying? <laughs> now she'll never get one. Just saying, if you got to wear a merkin, and you're not dedicated to your, your craft.
2: This area has a lot of tragedies that have happened in it, and they all get blamed on the curse for the most part. So I'm just going to run through the main tragedies that people blame on it. Uh, 1907, they had the worst coal mine disaster in American history. Uh, it killed 310 miners. 1944, 150 people were killed when a tornado went through the tri-state area, which seems real. I, I don't know why a tornado would ever come through here, like this down south. I mean, Ohio, It's rare. Ohio right? gets yeah. tornadoes. Do, they? Do Yeah.
1: Um, I don't remember when it was, but over where I, the city that I grew up in, um, I had, when my friend's parents were going to school there, their whole school got destroyed Really was nasty. It was like a, in the sixties. the Memorial day, it was through, like a Memorial day weekend or something. Like in the sixties. Yeah. Or, yeah. It went and
2: through and Cleveland. It, all it, it over. destroyed yeah, yeah. a lot of Cleveland. Really? Yeah. yeah. I didn't know we got, to I, I forgot you right probably might've lived through that one.
1: <laughs> uh. <laughs> it was before your time, wasn't it? The '60s, yes, it was. Before my time. <laughs> I I don't know what year you were born. Son of a bitch. Um, but yeah, so there. I mean, there are tornadoes that yeah. come through. All right. Uh,
2: 1967, the Silver Bridge collapsed and sent 46 people falling to their death in the Ohio River on December 15th, and that's obviously linked to Mothman. So we'll get into that. The details in that one later. Foreshadowing. Yeah. Uh, '68. Piedmont Air, Airlines crashed in August near the Kanawha Airport, killing 35 people. 1970, on November 14th, Southern Airways DC-10 crashed into a mountain near Point Pleasant, killing 70, 75 people. 1978, in January, a freight train derailed at Point Pleasant and dumped thousands of gallons of toxic chemicals, um, and the chemicals contaminated the town's water supply and they had to redo all of their wells in the area. Also in 78 in April, the town of St. Mary's, just north of Point Pleasant, was struck with tragedy when 51 men who were working on the Willow Island power plant were killed when their construction scaffolding collapsed. It's <laughs> a lot of bad shit. Yeah. it's
1: a lot. But they're just randomly blaming this on the curse, though, right? Like, this is...
2: Yeah, they're saying this is all the curse of... Chief Cornsaw. So the
0: chief died in 1777, and the first tragedy we discuss is 1907. Did I mean? Do we know if anything took place during
2: that? You know? They they
1: They sure waited a long time for yeah, the curse. 130
2: to years. Yeah, I couldn't. This was just the list that I found yeah. that was attributed to it. I mean, it's a lot of tragedies. Yeah.
1: I'm not so sure it's all because of a curse. I mean, tornadoes happen. It's nature.
0: And I think there were a lot of plane crashes and whatnot.
1: And what was the other then. one?
0: Um Train derail.
1: Coal miners, was that one of them, did you say?
2: Yeah, the largest in the largest. American history. Okay, yeah.
0: at that time, yeah.
2: I can see where if it's local legends. Just folklore you know, and yeah. legends, yeah.
0: You know, something else I, I read that I thought was interesting is that they actually gave Cornstalk Chief Cornstalk a burial, and all the other guys, they
2: just dumped their bodies in the river. Yeah. So they showed them at least a, you know, a little bit of respect. But then they dug him up, the, I read, too. The colonists
1: gave him a burial? Yeah.
2: But they dug him up in I think it said 1820, to, and they they moved him. I can't remember for what reason because they were building right. something on that area. And then Probably they moved a Walmart,
1: <laughs> and <then laughs> Starbucks, they,
2: and then they moved him again later on. So if you want to go off of like Indian burial grounds, yeah, they disturbed him twice. It's like poltergeist. You just moved the
1: headstones. <laughs> you left the body. <laughs> Where is he now?
2: Um, they have a they have his remains put in like it's kind on of like this little like metal box kind of thing, and then there's a monument for him. Yeah, the statue's town. cool. Where? In Point In Point Oh, Pleasant. still there.
1: Okay. Yeah. Just away from the Walmart Starbucks Plaza. Yeah, it's built on now Indian burial grounds.
2: <laughs> I wonder how far away he his monument is from the Mothman statue. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not that big of a place. Yeah. Road trip. Oh, I, I want to go there
0: real bad. Yeah, I've never okay. been there. I'd go down there. Guys trip. Instead of strip clubs
1: and bars, we're going to go Mothman and Cornstalk's Burial.
2: They have great strip clubs in West Virginia. (laughs) No thanks. (laughs) Yeah, I just want a picture with that Mothman statue. Not a picture with tits in your face? No. (laughs) I'll take the Mothman statue.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Our wives don't have to worry about us on that trip. No. I'm
2: going to nerd out. So up next, we're going to start getting into the actual Mothman story with Indrid Cold, and uh, we'll be right back. Today's episode of Necronomapod is brought
1: to you by Beardology. There are a lot of imitators out there, but there's only one place I buy my beard oil. Beardology beard oil nourishes your skin and won't leave you with that greasy feel. With over 17 cents available in their extensive product line, I trust my beard to Beardology. You can find Beardology at beardology.co. Use code NECRO15 to receive 15% off your purchase. Beardology. Discover the best way to avoid the shave.
2: So this brings us to Indrid Cold. And in The Mothman Prophecies, he's presented as almost possibly even being Mothman himself, which is kind of strange. So that's
1: where the movie kind of goes and takes bits and pieces of the the entire story and just combines it into one little 90-minute
2: feature. It's just unclear in the movie right yeah they kind of leave it up to interpretation I guess if it if Mothman's name was Indrid Cold or you never see Indrid Cold in the movie I don't even think you really see Mothman ever except for that weird scene where he's like flying towards their car yeah that's what I always remember when
1: I think of that movie is that scene
2: yeah it has
1: been so long since that's what made their car crash that's right I'm gonna have to go home and watch this now it's a good movie it's just well you gotta get through Richard Gere What's wrong with Richard? Ah, he's just—I don't know—not the most exciting actor. Is he a Buddhist?
0: You don't like him because he's a
1: Buddhist? Is he a Buddhist? I don't
2: know.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think he is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a real, I mean, that might make him go up a few notches in my book if he's a Buddhist. But I like Richard Gere. I don't know—is he the dude from Pretty Woman? Yeah. All right, that was okay. I think I haven't seen that in a long time either. Julia Roberts or Sandra Bullock. Julia Roberts. You don't know who either of them are, do you? No, I do know who they are. <laughs> Sandra Bullock. I'm with you. I'm with Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Really? I I don't like Julia Roberts I that love much. I Julia Roberts. Uh, I always think of Hook when she played uh Oh, but she Tinkerbell. was hot as a Tinkerbell. Yeah. yeah. That was that was my favorite uh, Julia Roberts movie. Hmm. I forgot she was even in that. But That's yeah.
2: all I think of. I don't know. I like the
0: romantic comedy Notting Hill with her and Hugh Grant. Big Hugh fan. Hugh Grant.
1: Ugh. Another one added to the list. <laughs> He doesn't do it for me. The list of what? I don't know. Him and Richard <laughs> Gere are both on it. Whatever that list is, they're both on it.
2: So, um. <laughs> well, that was a good conversation. Yeah. All right.
1: <laughs> Two to one Sandra Bullock.
2: <laughs> yeah. And they, um, they even allude to that Indrid Cold predicted or helped predict the bridge collapse, the silver bridge collapsing, which isn't accurate either in the book because he does Indrid Cold isn't. He's covered in the book Mothman Prophecies, but he's not. And that's where the movie came from, was the book, right? And but he's not, um, he's not a huge part of it. He's a really small part of the book. So
0: yeah,
2: um, and then the, on part two, we'll, we'll get into who predicted it and how and how that all went down. But so maybe we should tell everyone who Indrid Cold is. And yeah, be like what the fuck are you talking about? So the the real story of Indrid Cold involved a man named Woodrow Durenberger. Um, that's a mouthful. Yeah, it's a tough name. So I am just gonna call him Woody from. From now on, (laughs) works for me. Last week, Dick. This week, Woody. (laughs) So on November second, nineteen sixty six, Woody was driving home from his job as a sewing machine salesman for J.C. Penney in Marietta, Ohio, to his farmhouse in Mineral Wells, West Virginia, and he said it was like an overcast evening with it was kind of raining, like a misting rain. As he came up on the intersection of I seventy seven and Route forty seven. A tractor trailer truck was tailgating without their lights on, so he pulled off to the side of the road. And then he said that he that the truck appeared to take flight. Yeah, oh, well, that doesn't happen every day. Yeah, and then like he said, it kind of looked like it rolled over the top of his truck.
1: He didn't feel like it was hitting his truck. No, like it, like it just appeared rolled rolled like of it, it rolled
2: over. Yeah. After looking at it for a little bit, he realized that he was looking at what he said was a charcoal-colored UFO that didn't have any lights on. And then he said that it touched down and then kind of rose back up a little bit and hovered about 10 inches from the road. Right in front of him. Yeah. That would be a bit creepy. A little bit. Yeah, it would be terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) Um, He said that a door slid open on the craft and a, a man stepped out. All right, so at this point... Do you you turn your car and get the hell out
0: of there, or do you wait to see what happens because the curiosity is is so big? I
1: don't think I don't think it'd be curiosity for me. I think I the if I didn't leave, it'd be because I was almost frozen with fear.
0: Yeah, that's what yeah. I would
1: think. I would just be like stunned and shocked right. and, and not capable of being able to get out of there. Yeah, if if something rolled over my car, yeah. Cause I'm not thinking anything happy thoughts with this. Like I'm thinking, oh, this is I'm I'm going to die. This they're going to kill me, or I'm going to get abducted and then I'm going to have to come in here and tell you fucks that I was abducted and (laughs) And your anal probe and everything I believed was wrong and that they they actually did yeah they probed me and and got my semen without actually giving me an orgasm like poor Barney Hill.
2: You got the Barney Hill treatment. Yeah, under hypnosis, wrote hard (laughs) and put away
1: wet. Walk of shame. So yeah, no, I would be probably. I think I would be like paralyzed with fear if this
0: legit happened to me. I think
2: that's a good answer. That's, yeah. that's probably pretty accurate. Yeah, I'd be super scared. I still want to see that though. Oh, for sure. You want
0: to see this? I want
2: to see an alien step um, out of a UFO in front of me. I don't know about all that. <laughs> I'd rather just see like a really good UFO fly <laughs> in the air.
1: Thought you wanted to be abducted. No. no. I thought that's what you told us in the Betty and Barney Hill one.
0: No. I think we implied that. You implied you did that. that.
1: It's not how I remember it, but there was some alcohol involved in that conversation.
2: Woody described this man as just looking like any other guy. Um, He said he had a very deep tan and black hair that was slicked back. He thought that the tan was odd for that time of year and in that area. But what he said stood out the most was that the guy had like just this creepy, cartoonish smile on his face that never went away.
1: And if uh, those of you that follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Necronapod, the uh, teaser picture we sent out a couple days ago was a uh, rendering of the the uh, of injured uh, cold. So that's what you saw. Go back
0: and check it out if you haven't at Necronomopod. And he's a creepy looking motherfucker. That, he's that terrifying. A very strange picture.
1: He's terrifying. When you look at all the different pictures of him, they're all freaky. Yeah. And just to think of like a man who just is constantly smiling With, like, that
2: creepy grin? Yeah, exactly. That
1: would be horrifying.
2: When he was describing him, he also said that he was dressed in all black and had a black overcoat on. As the man approached Woodrow's truck, he kept his arms crossed with his hands in his armpits. And he said he never changed from that either. So he just stood there like that the whole time just smiling. That's freaky as shit. Yeah. As if walking out of a fucking UFO wasn't creepy I'm enough. Never, I'm more
1: afraid of this grinning man than I am the UFO. That's oh, just yeah. really creepy to me. And the pictures are creepy.
2: As the man got closer, Woody heard him speak telepathically and he said, Do not be afraid. I mean you no harm. I just want to ask you a few questions. So obviously he's terrified of this. Rightfully so. Right. And he and he always points out the smile that I mean it was just super yeah. creepy. Mike, do you believe in telepathy, that we can communicate
0: telepathically? I do not. Okay. Should we conduct an experiment? I think you should try. (laughs) All right. I'm thinking of a number between one and a million right now, and I'm projecting it to you. 7,800. 167. No, it was seven. I thought you were going to oh. get it. I thought we were going to prove telepathy. <laughs> bitch.
1: Man. Well, I think Ian kept interfering in our thoughts because <laughs> I kept seeing, like, shots of uh, uh, Sandra Bullock and Miss Congeniality <laughs> popping in. And I think it was Ian throwing that in there. Okay,
0: We have not proved or, nor He did was call telepathy. waiting on our conversation. <laughs> okay, we'll table that. I, I still believe telepathy is possible. Will you really think of the number seven? Yeah. I thought you got it. Well, I got the,
1: I got a whole bunch of numbers. Maybe they were all trickling through and it didn't <laughs> land yet.
0: I didn't wait for the wheel to stop spinning. We should have went with a number between one and three. It might have been <laughs> we might easier, have got easier it. to prove the science behind it.
2: <laughs> the man told Woody to roll down his window. All telepathically. Yeah. And then said, you can speak or you can think. It makes no difference. I can understand you either way. Wow. The man introduced himself as cold. And pointed to the lights over in Parkersburg and asked, what do you call that over there? And Woody said, that's Parkersburg. We call that a city. Not to say any West Virginia jokes, Mike. <laughs> I got nothing there, no. They good, find people in West Virginia. It's one of my favorite places to visit. Always with the weird fucking questions with, with men in black and all this stuff. Like, what do you call that over there? What's what do you that? think I call it?
1: <laughs> God damn it, it's a city.
2: <laughs> Cold replied... Where I come from, we call it a gathering. Hmm. Maybe he's a juggalo. <laughs> I never thought of that. Whoop, whoop.
1: Ooh, we were on to something.
2: <laughs> oh no. Wicked clowns. <laughs> um Did we... I just derail your whole yeah, story. You just I just blew in your mind.
1: Mothman Prophecies of the Insane Clown Posse.
0: <laughs> Get this guy a Fago so we can finish the show. It's <laughs> the
1: new Joker card. <laughs>
2: Before they uh, continued the conversation, Cold made a a really off statement that that had nothing to do with the subject of the conversation they were having. But he said, I come from a place less powerful than yours. Hmm. What's less powerful than West Virginia, like
0: Liechtenstein or something? <laughs> my thought was going.
1: My thought was going more towards you come from a place less powerful. Yet you just flew your fucking UFO over here, right. rolled it over my right. car. It hovered, and then you got out, and you're talking to me telepathically. Right. Like, dude, you're advanced. You're more powerful than us.
2: Maybe he's just trying to make him feel better. I don't know. It's a weird thing to say. Maybe he yeah. misread the telepathy.
1: We come from a place. More powerful than yours?
0: (laughs) I will squash you like bug.
1: (laughs) Maybe so. I don't know. That's just weird.
2: Yeah. Dude's Uh, lying. Who's lying? Cold. Oh. They're much more powerful. (laughs) I thought you said Woody was lying. No, he will be, but not yet. (laughs) Uh, Cold got back on the subject of Parkersburg and asked him, do people live there or work there? And Woody answered, yes, people live and work there and cold asked him do you work mr darenberger woody answered i'm a salesman that's what i do do you have a job and cold said yes i'm a searcher
0: mm, search we would call that an explorer what well, do you think he meant it philosophically or literally i like, guess he's searching for answers or is he out searching the planets for uh, probably both yeah maybe yeah hmm. they're able to search
1: planets yet they're less powerful than us that's I want to be point. a searcher to go search planets. <laughs> what do you do? Search planets. Not P- all heroes wear okay. capes. <laughs> Some just wear smiles.
2: <laughs> Cold noticed that that Woody was really frightened by the whole the whole experience, and asked him, "Why are you so frightened? Don't be, do not be afraid. We mean you no harm. You will see that we eat and bleed the same as you do. We only wish you happiness." Seems like a nice enough fella if he would just get the smile off his face maybe like, he can't help that yeah I mean may, the only thing I can think of with the smile is that th- th- he like thought that that's what humans do when you're happy right. like like a Show a like pleasant face yeah, yeah like being friendly so just
1: keep the smile always on because you don't have to move your mouth to talk you think but, his face got sore my know. face gets sore thinking about smiling
2: like little do you know if you just hold a smile on your face the whole time <laughs> you're a fucking creep yeah.
1: <laughs> that guy he, he did not know
0: Takes just as many muscle movements to smile as it does to frown. Thank you. <laughs> You're like pop up video today with these facts. <laughs> Isn't that one of those inspirational posters that people have something their, like that at their desk? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I think it, it takes less muscles to smile and to, smi- to frown. Like it takes more to frown than it does to smile. So like yeah. save your energy and smile That's or something it. like that. That's
2: it. Kind of bullshit. You thing must they have put it at on. your desk. I wish. <laughs> Cold also told Woody at the proper time the authorities will be informed of our meeting and this will be confirmed. And then he leaned down and looked into Woody's car or Woody's truck and said, "Mr. Durenberger, I thank you for talking to me. We will see you again." The UFO came down. Cold entered the craft, and then Woody said it shot up about seventy-five feet in the air. Flew and then flew away at a really high rate rate of speed. And when Woody got home around 7 p.m., he called the police to report what had happened. I might have kept that to myself. I don't know. (laughs) Did the police bite on it? Did they, like, laugh him off? So how everything is described by John Keel in Mothman Prophecies was that because this was a really small area, everybody knew everyone, the police took everything serious because they were, like, they knew people in town so it's like i know woodrow durenberger he's a good guy right he's not Why, like i've known he's... him my whole life he's not gonna make up a story yeah. like this that kind of stuff he's not a drunk. right he's not crazy right. and we'll get into that too with um the first reported sighting of the moth man it's pretty much the same thing it's like we've known these people our whole lives you Yeah. Know? this is where woody makes a mistake the next day he was on his way to work when he was stopped to do a live tv interview. For the WTAP news, yeah, it was like that was the local Parkersburg news. They gr- they grilled him in the interview on everything that he had reported to the police, but he did fine in the TV interview, and it only lasted for like thirty minutes. Is that footage still around? I don't know. I wonder if we can watch we can that. Dig for that. I'm sure there's somewhere to find it. Yeah, like an archive or something. Yeah. How I found the Richard Chase yeah. stuff. Maybe we can go to the studios while we're down at the Mothman Museum and pull it up ourselves. So after the news interview was over, um, he was questioned again by law enforcement, the head of the Wood County Airport. But the big one was he was questioned by representatives from Wright-Patterson, located in Dayton, Ohio. And you know from doing the Roswell test episode... That's where all the, the fucking Roswell shit went. So they,
1: they brought all the stuff. Yeah. Yeah.
2: So why the fuck are they there the next day? Why are they? So what do you think his mistake? You said he
0: made a mistake talking to the Air Force. Is that the mistake? Or just
2: stopping to do this news interview okay. and talk to everybody. Yeah. Because we'll see how his life just kind of took a turn after them. So they must have saw his interview on TV and then just hustled over there it says that they were there the night they were there oh, before, waiting for before him. It like, happened. like they got news from the police report maybe from this airport and they sent people down there to talk to him yeah who told the airport like word got out somehow yeah it's interesting too because i mean we'll do a, we'll do a roswell one eventually so Woody answered all their questions and drew them a picture of the craft he saw, which he said it looked like a old-fashioned kerosene lamp. Have you have you seen the picture that he drew? No, not that he drew, but what he described it as was kind of like like a kerosene lamp. Like it was skinny on the ends and then went into like a ball, and it was on its side. So he said okay. it like rolled yeah. was how it flies. It's an interesting characterization of a of a craft. Because usually it's just the saucer yeah, shape. Right. You know, yeah, that's, or a that's triangle. That's I've never different. heard it
1: described that way before. Is that common now, or is this the only ever time? This is
2: the only one I can think of that described it, had been it like described that.
1: that way. That's interesting.
2: Yeah, because everything else is saucer or triangle, mm-hmm. usually. Um, so this is where I was saying that he made a, a mistake because his life got super stressful. People started camping out in front of his house, waiting for cold to come back. Yeah. I mean they lit really like flocked to his property waiting. It got kind of ridiculous. He started having marital problems and then men in black would come and ask him questions and he said they had a threatening demeanor. But this I've
1: seen the movie. Will Smith is not threatening mm-hmm. whatsoever. Well
2: <laughs> it's pretty common knowledge that these weren't men in black like Indrid Cold or what we'll go into the next episode. These were most likely NICAP members being intimidating, trying to make sure that they got the story. And would,
1: is it common for them to dress in black, like, to just be Yeah, they make
2: themselves seem more important than they are. Trying What's to NICAP? Up? It's the National Investigations Committee on Aerial Phenomena. Well, that's a mouthful. Yeah. Now,
1: and they're the ones you don't prefer. You like MUFON.
2: Yeah, these guys are, I mean, I don't know anymore, but back then they were real aggressive and... That's where a lot kind of, of the, dicks. yeah, trying to get the story on everything. and uh,
0: So they were harassing the guy at his own house.
2: Yeah, and it's safe to say it was them, too, just not even because of their reputation, but they ended up taking over his investigation. Okay. Like, they he solely let them do the investigation on the injured cold stuff. Tell
1: me more about that, then. What do you mean, like, he they, they took over... The investigation and kind of controlled
2: the narrative about what actually happened to him that night? I don't know what they really investigate. I don't know what there was to really investigate. Yeah, there's no proof. Yeah. Well that's why I just didn't know if yeah. they kind of just Or if they were just documenting what he was saying. Right. You know. I, I'm guessing that's what it was that they were just trying to document everything. So Woody said that Cold visited him many times at his farmhouse and during one of those meetings. He told Woody that his first name was Indrid. So Indrid didn't even come into it until later yeah. on. That's a he cool name. Indrid Cold. Oh. Yeah. That's a pretty badass name. Yeah. I like it. Um, at one point, Woody came up missing for almost six months, and he said that he was with the aliens. Okay. <laughs> so <laughs> this is where stuff kind of spirals a little bit. People in the local area started to become skeptical of what he was saying, and it, his story just got started getting way out of control. He even claimed to have been impregnated by the aliens. That might be
1: the best part of the whole story. <laughs> I, I have so many questions about him being impregnated by aliens.
0: Yeah, I don't I don't get that at all. Do you think they let him have an orgasm? They didn't let <laughs> Barney Hill. I'm just saying, I don't know. I guess it depends on the method of impregnation.
1: Was there any photos of him being impregnated? Did he give birth to anything? Uh, no. Not was this I all know. done during those six months he was in hiatus? Maybe. Maybe, maybe they... Have quick pregnancies.
0: I get his shirt says, like, uh, I was impregnated by Indrid Cold, and all I got was this lousy T-shirt. <laughs> I, w-
2: I wonder where he was for six months. His family is probably like, what the probably fuck? Probably outback drinking somewhere. Yeah, he's on a bender
0: somewhere. Yeah. In, <laughs> in the West Virginia strip clubs.
1: Yeah, or just going up into the mountains, so they're not going to find you.
2: Yeah. Well, I was with the aliens, me and Indrid. Yeah. <laughs> So in 1967, Woody said that he visited Indrid Cold's home planet of Lanulos, And he said that everyone that lived there walked around wearing no clothes.
1: So they did go to a strip club and he was blacked <laughs> out and he doesn't remember that he was at a strip club. He got
2: roofied by <laughs> Indrid Cold roofied him. There it is. Boom.
1: Can you imagine how creepy it would be to be a stripper Uh, and have to give a lap dance to a guy with just this creepy smile on his face the whole time. (laughs) Meanwhile, he's telepathically telling you everything he's thinking he wants to do to you. That's not going to be a fun night at the office for the stripper. I have a big smile on my face the whole time. I'm getting a lap dance. (laughs) Hopefully it's it's not as creepy (laughs) as this. (laughs) I mean, look at the photo we put out. and Just imagine that staring you in the eyes as you're dancing all up on him. No, thank you.
2: I picture Andrew Colt as not blinking either for whatever reason. Interesting. I just picture him as like a, having like a frozen face. Yeah, it makes it even more creepy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So and he said that the aliens lived in a galaxy called Ganymede. I don't really know how to pronounce that. Pretty close. Yeah. And he said everything was peaceful and there was no war. Yeah, it's like a John Lennon song. <laughs> Sounds nice. But even with his stories getting real wild, there were still tons of UFO sightings almost nightly in that area. Um
1: were these legitimate sightings or were these people just now they want to be a part of the story? Because this know. was what, the sixties? There was no pictures of any of these? No one managed to get a photo? I mean, or were we talking like rural West Virginia where there might not have been
2: I don't think anybody was running around there with cameras.
1: But even like the local newspapers or anything, nobody got pictures of any of this? No. Not that I recall Yeah. Okay,
2: asked and answered. Like, people getting skeptical if his story didn't stop people from coming there and camping out and, and trying to see stuff. So, he eventually moved away with his family, you know, him and his wife, they all moved away. And then he returned back in the 80s and ended up dying in 1990. Um, Did
1: he still claim that all this weird
2: stuff was happening to him even up until his death? Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, he never went away from, like, deviated from the story yeah. of Indrid Cold or anything Did like that. Did Ingrid come to his funeral? Interesting. His, so when I was looking up stuff, I found it was a radio interview with his daughter. And I want to listen to the whole thing, but his daughter claims that Ingrid Cold was at his funeral. Wow. Yeah. That's creepy. Yeah, I want to dig more into that. But he was smiling. Smiling at a funeral. (laughs) Just not not, not blinking.
1: Other people would have had seen this guy, right? I mean, you're going to notice someone who's smiling like that at a funeral. I don't know.
2: Maybe it was a small funeral.
0: So you would have absolutely noticed him. Why don't you go to a funeral tomorrow and do nothing but smile the whole time (laughs) and see if that And not
1: blink? Yeah. All right. Research for the show. (laughs) Consider it done.
0: See if anyone calls you out. (laughs) And I'm just like. And give him a whoop-whoop when you're done.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What is a juggalo? (laughs) Stop there.
2: John Keel, who wrote the book Mothman Prophecies, he believed that Woody really did meet an entity named Indrid Cold, but he felt that the rest of the story was made up so that Woody could sell his self-published book, Visitors from Lanulos, which he put out in 71.
1: I think I agree with John Keel. Yeah. I think he met somebody or something that was creepy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I don't know if it was an alien or not, but he met somebody that deeply disturbed him and it might have messed with him for a while and then the story grew and grew and then next thing you know, he's going to make money off of
2: it. Yeah. I mean, I don't know about the whole UFO thing. You know. This story is interesting. I... So there's additional sightings of this guy,
0: Ingrid Cold, after I was looking at the the month before a couple of kids in New Jersey saw the same guy in a weird green suit smiling at him. And then I believe it was the Lily family in Point Pleasant. So this right on the same area, this girl woke up and saw the same guy like in her room, grinning at her, and then disappeared. That's fucked So there's up. multiple sightings of this fella. It's creepy. And this all happened about the same time, like the
1: story hadn't spread yet that
2: Right, right. Yeah. So that's yeah. I don't know. It's bizarre. That's creepy as shit. Yeah. And it it gets linked with Mothman because it happened 10 days before the Mothman sighting. And he had all of his teeth, so you know it wasn't a local. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry to anybody listening in West Virginia.
1: (laughs) Well, this was back then. Nowadays, they're all
0: fine, very upstanding people.
2: We're not going to be very well... uh, So, this is our last episode, apparently. We're
0: going to get fucking murdered when we go to the
2: Mothman Museum on a road trip. Oh, boy. We're not going to be very uh, welcomed at the Mothman Museum. We're going to be in a diner, and someone's going
0: to shoot us in the back of the head. Oh, gosh. So, what do we think Indrid was? A humanoid? A men in black? We're going to get more into this in part two of this episode, I
2: I imagine. Yeah, we're going to dive into the men in black on part 2.
0: I'll I'll
1: reserve my judgment until maybe the next week when we get into more of that other stuff cuz I don't admittedly know a
2: lot about the men in black. Yeah, there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stuff in John Keel's book with the men in black that we'll A lot dig of eyewitness into. accounts that are very very strange. Yeah.
1: And so what you did today, Ian, like you laid the groundwork for what we're going to get into next week. Instead of doing right. one super long episode, we thought it best to give kind of all the stories their time and their their Due diligence. We're going to talk. We talked about him. And then you laid the groundwork for what we're going to get into then next week with more of the Mothman.
2: Right. Because with the movie, putting injury Cold is such a big thing. You, you have to talk about him. Right. To, uh, and you have to tie everything back to Chief Cornstalk as well. Yeah.
1: Do we have to give uh, the listeners homework? Do they need to watch the Mothman prophecies before next week's episode? Or should we have them
2: wait till after? Or like who gives a shit? Yeah. I mean, whatever. Whatever you want to do. It's not accurate. It's not an accurate no, there's movie. there's homework. So. Do
1: it. Don't do it. it doesn't matter.
2: I'm probably going like wa- to watch I'm going to watch
1: it. I'm going to watch it again. I want to watch it, too. I haven't seen it in a while. I think it's it's I still f- it's I have a fun it on movie. DVD. fun movie. But, I don't know. After hearing this, it, it makes it a little more creepier. Now, the actual story is more creepy than the movie.
2: Oh, yeah. And it gets yeah. it gets a lot stranger.
0: And it continues to this day. There was a Mothman sighting uh, last month in Indiana. Yeah. So, an alleged Mothman sighting. He's still out there. Well, so you say go. alleged, I say sighting. I'll have to
2: read the story and see. Yeah. All right. All right. So, Ian, anything else to wrap up this one? No. I just want to say thank you to everybody that's been listening so far. It's way more than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. we got Five a lot up.
1: of people listening and following us on the socials. and
2: Yeah. So, huge thank you. And I want to give a shout out to Matt that left us an awesome review on iTunes. It is much appreciated. Thanks, Matt.
1: All right, Dave, you got anything else you want to add to this story or in general?
2: No, I would just say
0: that if you're building a house, do not build it on cursed ancient Indian uh, burial,
1: burial ground. So if there's one thing to be learned from this episode, it's that. Take heed. And that this drink is going nuts <laughs> over here. And it's that uh, Olivia uh, Wilde won't be winning an Academy Award.
0: Olivia Wilde, tweet us out about our show or you're not going to be winning an Oscar this year. She's cursed. You're cursed.
1: Um, So hit us up on Instagram and Twitter, at Necronomapod. Please, if you're on iTunes, rate, review us, subscribe. Um, Any feedback you want to give us on Twitter and Instagram, we would greatly appreciate it, both good or bad. Um, We love hearing from people. We've heard from a few people already, uh, fans of the show. Makes us feel good that people are enjoying it. Um, That's why we're doing it. We hope hope everyone's enjoying it uh, as much as we are. So, Twitter, Instagram, that's at
2: Necronomapod. You guys ready for a cooldown down beer? Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much for that cooldown down beer.
0: Literally cooled them down because it exploded <laughs> all over them.
2: That beer exploded all
1: over. So, yeah, I'm ready now that I'm going to smell like a drunk.
2: <laughs> all right, until next week.